Dualize with me. I'm nice. I'm gay. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> Give me just one more. <laughs> I'm gay. I don't. I, that's the worst. Can one. you say? Can you say I'm hot and that makes you gay? No, hold on. Let me do the whole quote. Okay. I have to like I have to find the image again. Who do you want to be your Helen? <laughs> I think the original quote like didn't have a Helen. It was just like Am I a boy? Am I a boy? Am I a girl? Who knows? But everyone finds me hot and that makes everyone gay. I like how Knights is just British. Imagine Tracer. Dude, they're all British. Like they're like the whole town is just like a pseudo London. It's not but quite like London. the boy cannot keep his accent. <laughs> he like tries. Child actors in a nutshell. Yeah. Welcome to the night spin dash zone. <laughs> you, you like that? Wow, it's only a third episode, but now we're trying that. Welcome to the night's journey of dreams dash zone. Welcome to Nightopia. Ah, got him. Welcome uh, to the world of dreams. I'm Isaiah. I'm Charlie, and g- gay. Gay. I'm, st- I'm gay. St- <laughs> <laughs> Guy, <laughs> why does that get us? <laughs> I'm Steven. I'm the other host. Uh, so we're playing Night's Journey of Dreams on the Wii. Uh, the we'll be dead. We're coffin. probably not doing it again. So Knights has has a voice now. Everyone does. And yeah. they keep talking. They, they don't. talk. There are cutscenes. They exist. The CG ones are pretty. It's but- true. Yeah. I think this is a very pretty game. It's a very Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> yeah, the humans look like Kingdom Hearts characters. They they do. If you put these like two little bastards in, what is it called, Twilight Town? No yeah. difference. I don't know if their feet were big though. The lore is more bullshit than Kingdom Hearts. The, the it's true. The feet in Kingdom Hearts aren't particularly big unless you are based on a Disney character or Sora, who is basically based on Mickey. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Someone mentioned the door to darkness. <laughs> Hold on, can Did you someone th- mention the dark ocean? Can you do say that Phyllis? voice but say that you're gay? <laughs> Did someone mention that I'm gay? <laughs> say <What>? Phyllis. <laughs> Does somebody want to dualize with me? Gorsh. <laughs> <laughs> Gorsh. <laughs> Gorsh, I'm Gorsh gay. knights, I'm gonna capture you and give you to Wiseman. <laughs> well, I guess drive forms are Sora like dualizing with Goofy and and that's, the other that's one. That's true. <laughs> Donald. And meanwhile, Wiseman's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, Gorsh, sorry, Master Wiseman. <laughs> I won't fail again. <laughs> and then Xemnas uh, uh, is just uh, Will's dad. Will's dad? They have he doesn't kids. have any lines. 
Hold it. They have. <laughs> I was like, um. His only, his only, the only thing he does is leave. That's so. I didn't realize they had parents. <laughs> you watch the open. Dude, there's okay. a more parental focus in this in this game. We'll get to, to the, the lore one. shit later. We got to talk about the actual game for the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, yeah we've derailed. This is a good intro. <laughs> this is the threequel <laughs> to Knights. The threequel. Yeah. Uh, I would say this is a spiritual successor to Knights. What? It has the name. <laughs> It's the same. Whoa, whoa, wait, Ball on Wonderworld came out already? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so the the structure of the game has changed a little bit. Uh, there is still sort of fundamentally, like, you have two characters, a boy and a girl, and you choose which one of them to play as. But then instead of just going into, like, a stage select, uh, you sort of go to this hub world, uh, and there are way too many cutscenes. There are so many cutscenes that I didn't realize it was a hub world initially. Yeah, I mean it's it's not much of a hub world. It's more of a uh, just a just a place to stand around, and then there's a bunch of doors that you can go through that are the actual stages. Well, I think you can do some platforming with it. Like I didn't bother, but it looks like you can walk around because if you when you're flying around, there's like a lot of places you can visit that yeah. are just like like it, it's weird because I kind of wish that when you dualized with knights in the uh, hub world, you didn't automatically go through the tutorial because yes. you do. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah. Because, um. like, I would just love to just kind of fly around, and I guess it's a little bit harder to do freeform flying because it, knights is inherently, like, a 2D flyer, even if it's, like, on a Kirby 64 type 3D. Yeah. Still, it would, it would be nice to do the tutorial track, but, like, quote-unquote free roam. And just yeah. like do that for as long as you like, and it and it loops on itself because it does loop on itself. Like a training end. mode, less than a tutorial. Yeah. Yeah. I also kind of wish that it was more fun to move around as the kid because they control basically the same as they used to, except you can't do the weird triple jump anymore. Yeah. And that makes it like less fun, and I don't know you why can... you would downgrade the kid. So you can, uh, I think you can change your velocity in midair, which you couldn't do in the first game. Well, yeah, but... Wait, what do you mean? Like, you can push backwards while you're moving forwards and change, like, yeah. your actual, like, mo oh, trajectory. I didn't know that. I don't think. As, as, it, it a, as a platforming expert, uh, I... <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> Cringe. As, as someone who's played a lot of video games, uh, I just, like... I always notice when you cannot change your trajectory in midair, or when you have a very small amount of control, and it's always like, this was an intentional decision, uh, like, and they didn't do it the second time around. Yeah, and it feels like significantly less intentional when you just let the player completely control their midair velocity, like, yeah. on a dime, because some of the, actually all of the Kingdom Hearts games... <laughs> to my knowledge, like, let you do this, and it feels super ridiculous when you jump into the air and then just do, like, four fucking circles before you <laughs> land on the ground. <laughs> yeah, but it is but it is great in those games. Yeah, it just looks super cartoony, so it's good. But, like, yeah. I, I didn't notice that just because I can't think of a reason why you would ever change your trajectory midair because you don't really do any platforming, especially in the hub world. So, so there's bits in the game where you play as the kids more... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think is not necessarily a positive change, but at least they're capitalizing on the bit of gameplay that they had programmed and just didn't do anything with originally. Yeah. I don't mind it, though. 
the second world, the second dream for Helen, the girl yeah. character in this game, has this mirror maze, which oh. is kind of interesting because like you have to like find the right way because it's you know mirrors and stuff. Yeah, it's like John Wick. But like, there's this part where like it you 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 doesn't I guess there is a thing it doesn't tell you but you're supposed to knock out the enemies and. The kids are able to throw the blue chips. Like, the blue chips aren't, like, needed to destroy an, an idea capture. Or, as the game has now told us, idea. Oh, I Yeah, it's um, an idea. So the blue chips are just a projectile, and you can knock out enemies. But you're supposed to throw it at them twice to, like, make them dizzy. Because I thought you only had to do one to do that. But Yeah, it's two for some reason. Yeah, one but you stuns, have to two knocks them out. Yeah, so you have to do that in order to, like, change one mirror from being, like, a mirror to being a... A gateway. Uh, yeah, I That's feel like the the blue chips have become actually meaningless now. Yeah, because as a kid you can throw them. Well, they, you still use them for links. Y- they okay, they're useful for links, especially because they're the big like link climber. Because usually yeah. you get them in like a cluster. They're just mm-hmm. the same as like the star chips now. Effectively, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and no actually, star chips anymore. Star chips are just completely gone, so they just right. are the new star chips. And They've subsumed it's, both roles. So so now the main goal of the of the main game, and then there's extra bits after that, uh, is instead of trying to collect blue chips and then get to the the end of an idea cap in idea capture. Jesus. <laughs> Idiot capture. Since Knight seems to be able to fall for it every time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so now it starts with uh now it starts with knights being captured, and you have to go into his jail, into their jail cell, uh, break them out, uh, which somehow just they they just are able to get out. I don't really understand the specifics of it. They just climb. It's like it's only dreams. Dreams can't escape, but people can get into it. I guess or okay. visitors, as they're known. The as. other so, thing is that you need the the idiot, like the red idiot, to yeah. like help knights become powerful enough to get through the barrier. But you always have it. It's just but like then, in the yeah. other games. But the thing but like, is, the, the thing is, instead of like in the first game where you have all the idiots and then you lose them, you get each idiot within each dream, like which is a level, and each level yeah. has five missions, and then the fifth mission you finally get the idiot. So you're yeah slowly collecting them rather than just getting them and then losing them again, which is like I guess kind of better because it's kind of like you're just going in a almost a Groundhog Day cycle. Well, they're but... much more like Chaos Emeralds in this case, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or what's, any what's... other, like, MacGuffin. So what's interesting to me about the the world structure is that, so you have, there's five levels in each world. The first level is basically the gameplay from the first nights. Uh, the goals are a little bit different. Uh, in this, you're trying to... Uh, you're just trying to chase a bird who has a key to unlock the cell that you were trapped in but escaped from. And you have to do that three times with three different cells. And I think the next two cells have Nitopians in them. Well, actually, uh, I think the first one does, too. Is that true? Yeah, I I, you can go and get them in any of the segments. Okay. Uh, and then, so once you're done with that, you fight a boss, just like in uh, the first game. And then the next three levels of the world are just just general bullshit. It's very Sonic Adventure-y. It, it is. And then the fifth level is the boss that you fought earlier but harder, uh, which I actually, I actually kind of like that structure 
but it, it feels <sighs> to me it feels to me like it wants to be like Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine or that that kind of game where you hop into a, a a world and do objectives in it in a semi-linear way but it's so linear because you don't have access to the next world until you've already done everything before this that it doesn't really feel like you're doing world select and level select and more like you're doing uh, like, like the mission select from like a more linear platformer yeah well so here's the thing you kind of compare it to sunshine but like the vibe I get from the game is like you know what we've already played on the Wii for Sonic games yeah where it's like you get a flat like especially for like Unleashed where you play a fleshed out stage and then you play little micro thing micro yeah. objectives in that same stage and I it it kind of it irks me just kind of just as much because like man I just want to do more like regular flying but instead we're gonna follow Octopa or push bubbles to make a bigger bubble or <laughs> dude that that bit got collect me. jewels it, just a really weird minor things that aren't as interesting yeah I will say I kind of like it because some of the challenges are like so there's one you you got to change a chase an octopus and it's spitting out rings. And they're the rings that you go through to make combos, and the objective of that mission is to rack up as high a combo as possible, and the stage will yeah. continue infinitely. And I really like that, actually. Oh, I've got a question. Yeah. Well, the first time you did that, what was the highest combo that you got to, like, you know, between the five you're allowed? Uh, it was around, like, 125. Wow. I got 186 or something like that and i just stopped. i don't think i got that high <laughs> yeah and well, so and i think i think the problem with that potentially the problem with that mode is that you have five attempts to get as high a combo as possible and it just picks the highest combo that you got so if right. you get a hundred the first time through then you can just get a bunch of two combos and just end the stage immediately yeah so here's something i want to uh, mention so the first game to give some like more realistic concept, we played it on a future version because it was re-released on Steam. We can use many controllers for that. Yeah. And the 360, which is the controller I use, but you could pretty much use it for any stick in any most modern console controllers. Yeah. It has a um, a perfect, no pun intended, 360 motion. Yeah. And. I'm pretty sure the uh, the special controller they made for the Saturn this game had like a similar joystick. But since I was playing this on my Wii, or specifically my Wii U, it really wouldn't matter which one because Nintendo's controllers at the time, between like the GameCube controller, I'm pretty sure the class controller, and the nunchuck. Yeah. They have and that. I can like... go more into controllers later on. They have eight directions specifically. Like, the the circle that your stick is in is an octagon. And so if you're trying to go, like, between north and northwest, it, it's very hard to keep a direction because it's just, like, this flat surface that you're trying to turn. So I had a hard time controlling knights into rings, so I wasn't able to get that high of combos. So it seems like you guys had a, a much better time, and I don't know if that's because of the controller or maybe I got a higher combo than I remember. Well, the other thing that I noticed was that, like, I would boost through sets of rings a lot so that my, mm -hmm. like, control of knights was a lot more subtle. I don't know how much boosting you did during that challenge, 
but unless I like specifically had to take like a turn that was more than like 45 degrees, yeah. I just tried to boost through all the rings, and if I missed some, I just didn't even bother with them. I, I remembered what Steven said in our first night's recording where he talked about how he felt like he had more control when he was boosting because the control was finer. Uh, and I was like, shit, I'm going to do that. Uh, and it greatly improved my performance. Not not only was I... Like, I was going faster, so I was less likely to, like, run out of time before I got to loops, and then also I was missing fewer loops. Also, the other thing, I feel like you get you're able to boost more in the original versus this game oh yeah i I don't remember if there was a meter in the regular stages i know there was a meter in the boss stages there was a meter in the regular stages too okay but you definitely feel the meter in such a way that you have a shorter supply in this game versus the original i think you run out faster but you also recharge faster yeah i don't know it's I don't really like it that much. I but. never ran out during like a regular gameplay stage in the original, and in this Me one, neither. I was yeah. running out constantly. So I completely agree with you, Charlie. I don't know if like the emptying faster and refilling faster thing is true, but it feels like you get very little boost from rings, and it seemed to drain just as fast to me. Like I would skip like rings, chips, everything in the original game. Yeah, and like I could still like almost boost like halfway across the stage because I was running out of time basically yeah but this one is just like I lose it and I'm like okay it's kind of it's like boosting in what was this like kind of like in the Wii Sonic Unleashed where like I felt like I was losing boost a lot more I don't that that might not be a very good comparison I think you're thinking of Sonic Colors because yeah Sonic Colors is the one where where boosting is just like not given to you very often it's like a power up less than a primary mechanic yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't even think I would compare it to Sonic Colors, because in that case, you get, like, a bunch of boost three times per level. Yeah, that's true. And in this, it seems like the rings are just as frequent, but I'm running out of boost more. So, like, either they're giving you less, or your meter depletes very quickly. And it feels to me like they're giving you less, because I was always at, like, a low amount of meter, even if I waited for a while between boosting. And it's interesting. So, so there's a there's a stage in this game where Knights becomes a roller coaster, uh, which is which is horrible visually. Yeah. A huge, <laughs> hu- very big not fan of that. Yeah, but so the objective is you're trying to catch up with uh, like a cart of Nightopians that are headed towards a, a dead end, uh, and so it's that entire stage is just about getting as much boost as possible so that you can yeah. boost to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I, I feel like stuff like that is probably, like, like that is probably the reason why the, the boost situation has changed. Like they um, wanted to make it more challenging by reducing your access to boost? I think, yeah, I think they wanted to make boosting more valuable, and they wanted to make the, like... Like, they wanted to make it harder to boost so that it feels better to do it. Yeah, I can see that. And but... and so that you stick to the path more and, and go to, to rings more often. Uh, yeah. So that way they can help curate the experience better. Because that's the other thing is uh, the original Knights, the level design was not nearly as linear in terms of uh, everything that was in the map you could explore was not on screen. Like you could go all the way up to the top of the map and all the way down to the bottom. 
and see different stuff. Whereas in this game, everything that is really for you to get is right there in front of you. Yeah. Like, right in your view. You still have full mobility. Like, if you want to just fly to the top of the screen and hang out up there, you're welcome to. But you're not going to get very far, like, task-wise. Yeah. And then something I noticed is that with many of, like, the more racing-style tasks, you have, like, a trail that you're following. Or, like, a, a character that's always on screen that you can track. Yeah. So, you never don't know where to go. Even if you can't yeah. see, like, very far ahead of you. You see, like, this glowing blue trail that you know you're supposed to follow. Or you see Octo-Man, like, yeah. shooting out circles. The other thing is the camera is tilted in such a way that you're sort of traveling at a three-fourths angle rather than traveling directly to the to the right. So that way you can see way farther ahead of you than you could in the original game. And whenever Knights is turning, which is often the case, they're turning to the left, which is in the direction that gives you more vision. Uh, and so you just you just get to see way more of the course than you normally like were able to in the first game. It also felt to me like the both the obstacles and the objectives were placed in such a way that it, that was like a lot more conducive to just following a path this time. Yeah. As opposed to sort of trying to like zigzag between the higher and lower parts of the screen. Yeah. Oh, they also mentioned something in the tutorial that otherwise taught me nothing, which is that when you make, like, a big para-loop, as they call them, well, that's when you, like, do a circle with knights, and then you're able to suck in things, the bigger your circle is, the, like, more depth it also has. Which yeah. I... That felt like it might have been true in the original game, but it's a very cool mechanic in this one. Mm, yeah. Something else the tutorial taught me, which it actually only taught me the third time through, and we'll talk about that later... Uh, is that you can hit a button to just make knights uh, do a trick in the air. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. It has it, no benefit, but it looks cool, and I love it. Right, so that actually leads me want to talk about the controls. So, like, like Sonic Colors, you can play this in, well, I guess, Sonic Unleashed too. but many Wii games that are good and should be good. Uh, you have several different ways of playing the game, which basically amount to Wii Remote, Wii Remote with Nunchuck, classic controller slash GameCube. And you're better off just not using the Wii Remote. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just point and click to lead knights. It reminds me of Pac-Man 2, the new adventures, a game I really do not like. <laughs> Actually, that's much worse. Anytime it's like point at the screen and your character will move in that direction, I'm like, pass. It's it's worse than having to deal with like the GameCube eight directions. Yeah, it, for sure. It to me feels like the game was supposed to be for mobile when you do something like that. <laughs> yeah. But when you use the nunchuck, you don't have to use pointer controls for knights, and you can yeah. just use a control stick. But you can wiggle the Wii Remote to do those tricks, as you mentioned, which okay. is nice, because I kind of like that minor uh, usage, kind of like how you just, in Sonic Colors, you just shake the Wii Remote to use a color power, or how in... Galaxy, you do the spin with the Luma. Yeah. Yeah, th there was another example I wanted to use. When, when shaking essentially just replaces a button, it feels yeah. good. When it's not, like, shake for a certain amount of time or whatever, like, that's yeah. not good. Like a spin jump in a spin jump in a Super Mario, New Super Mario Brothers, or oh, yeah. the, the slap down in Donkey Country Returns, or this is a, no, it's not really a deep cut, but, like, you can, in a Lego Star Wars, 
the complete saga, you can you can shake your Wii remote to take out your lightsaber and just have very basic lightsaber controls, but you can also just press the B button to do it, or you could put your Wii remote down to holster your weapon. Oh, that's oh, cool. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did that game come out in PS2 as well? The complete saga? Yeah. I don't... Let me let me, let me me make a Google search on that real quick. Or Wikipedia search, because I'm not going to... But yeah, that's, that's really all I wanted to say about the... Uh, the alternative control, control schemes. Scheme. Yeah, just the control scheme. In I general. didn't even bother with Wii Remote. I went straight for the GameCube controller. I was yeah, like, same. guarantee the Wii Remote will be bad. Not, but the nunchuck is a good is a is a good middle ground. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I that's I'm sure that's true. It's not that it would like be bad. It's just that no matter what, a controller as controller will always feel better to me than whatever you hand me. Also, Complete Saga did not come out on PS2. It came on PS3. Oh, okay. Like, the first two LEGO Star Wars games did come out on PS2, but... The combination of the two with extra content did not. Right. As a left-handed person, a Wii Remote nunchuck is still worse than a controller because I have to hold it weird. You really don't, though, because you've been using a control stick with your left thumb for your entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me Me and Isaiah are both, like, weird because we held the nunchuck in our right hands for some reason. Yeah, but you're right-handed, so you don't have an excuse for doing it that way. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> slight... I mean, I think I... I'm pretty sure, like, I pitched with my left hand. So, we know that there's something biologically wrong with me, and that's why I do it. But <laughs> with you... Wrong? Well, okay, let's not go into that. We're not ready for this. Do you think left-handed people are, like, more likely to be able to talk to ghosts? Uh, uh I hope so. Okay, let's let's please divert from this. Feel free to cut that bit out. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the last quality of life change, I think, or, or I guess I should say the last significant change, although I wouldn't necessarily call this one significant, depending on your perspective, they added a mini-map to each level. Well, they did. It's a track. It's like a. <laughs> it's literally just like the track from a racing oh, game. Oh, yeah. right, right. They did do that. It's not. It doesn't like show you any landmarks or anything. It's just like a trail of where you're about to go. It just shows you where like certain enemies are and stuff. I, I think it's cool that they did it, but also it's very telling that Charlie forgot that they did it. Because, like, you don't really ever well, use it. Well, you made it, it like, like Steven said, you made it sound that's, a lot more interesting than it actually was. That's true, yeah. It's not really a mini-map so much as it's just a, a, a track map. It's really nice for knowing when you're about to do, like, one of the 360s that they have you do occasionally where you, like, wrap around a tree. Because yeah. knowing when that's about to happen helps me not be so confused when I suddenly start taking a wild turn. Well, and it's it's weird because mm-hmm. like so there's a mission where the Nightmarins are trying to kidnap the Nightopians or whatever, and they're flying away in bubbles or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you mean everything? Yeah, and and like on the mini map, things are appearing, and I'm like, okay, that's good to know. But they're always appearing directly in front of you, like in your vision. Yeah. So like you never ever have to use the mini map really. I think that the minimap was a solution to a problem that the previous game had that they managed to solve, yeah. but they had already made the minimap, so why not just leave it there? <laughs> I I agree completely with that, and, and I definitely don't think the minimap is a bad addition by any means. Yeah, it's just like the game is actually, this aspect of the game is well-crafted enough that you really don't need to worry about the minimap. Mm-hmm. So after you get through all five stages in a world and you get one of the... 
uh, the Idias. Idia. <laughs> uh, you also get a new ability for knights. You get like a persona for knights. Oh no! That's what they <laughs> call them. It's just—it's it's a mask. It's a that mask. Makes them do makes them do a transformation. So like after the first world, knights can turn into a dolphin, and then knights can go underwater, which I guess makes me want to go back and replay a previous stage. But also, I don't really want to go back and replay a previous stage because like there's not gonna be anything down there really. It's really weird because in Helen's second stage, like there is water, but it's like. A, a glass illusion so you're just not able to do it <laughs> yeah so i never use the dolphin ability in that level it's it's like the most water is in the first world yeah but the first world also you get basically all a's no matter what you do so you don't really <laughs> feel like you have to go back and ex experience anything again yeah because the the boss is like so easy that even if you got c's and you beat the boss like at a competent pace, you will get an A rank. Yeah. I'm not even sure if the ranks are as important in this game. They're they're not. I mean, in the first game, we you literally... We didn't get very far, so we don't know, but... In the first game, you literally need Cs in all of the environments to unlock the, the last stage. And in this, they hand out As, uh, and then they're like, oh, you got, a, you got an E? Well, you've unlocked the next stage. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot more... It's it's a bit more basic, I guess, but it's it's wild to me because I like the game is easier, and I'm not I'm not necessarily upset about that, but I just like I want to earn my A's, you know? Yeah, I for think sure. the biggest problem that this presents the ease of like getting ranks is that you spend less time actually playing the game than you do watching weird shitty cutscenes with terrible voice acting. Yeah, that's real. Because you mm -hmm. just like pop out of the mission and you're like, oh, I would go in and like do that again if I had to get an A or if I could get an A, but like I already did, so let me just do the next thing. And before you can do the next thing, you have three minutes of like terrible voice acting. The, yeah. So the first game the first game really wants you to replay the game over and over. To the point that it literally has Easter eggs for if you play it on a certain day of the year. Yeah, and it's incredibly efficient in letting you replay it. Yes, and the second game I think really wants you to do that, but especially because its scoring system is so lenient, like I just I I'm I'm not really going to like I'm immediately going to move on as soon as as soon as I clear the first thing. Yeah, it just it has a lot of weird padding with the submissions and. Something I really came to appreciate the more I played the first nights is that there is just a lot of replay value, even if it's just like not even like even if you've beaten it already, it's just kind of nice to fly around and like it feels a lot more fast. Like there's there's kind of a slowness to journey that I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. But like I get a lot of pick up and play from uh, into dreams. I think a part of the slowness comes from the fact that uh, you're not boosting as often, but I think the other part is that the camera is zoomed out a lot in order to it's make sure an that you angle. can see things. Yeah. Like, it's not completely 2D. Like, I mean, even in the original night, there is kind of a fishbowl aspect due to how the levels are structured. Yeah. yeah. But for Journey, you're kind of at a slanted angle, so you're kind of looking... It's like a... Sidelong. It's almost like a, heart, a rule of 180 degrees. I don't think film theory is going to, like... To help it go into this but like it, it's just the way and that's part of the thing that also kind of makes the controls feel weird because like I can see what's ahead of me but it's kind of weird because the angle isn't quite right so I yeah. might miss shoot 
and with the with the eight directions on the GameCube controller and the nunchuck, I just I don't like it. I I do always feel like I'm tilting my head a bit. Yeah, like yeah. It, it feels like you're trying to do a little bit of like weird brain math every single time you try to turn. <laughs> you're just like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> which is all the time. Yeah, like it, it feels really strange at first. I got over it fairly quickly, but like it's not yep. good. That's for sure. It's not like game breaking, but it doesn't feel as like simple as the previous game did. And yeah. I also think that like, like Charlie said, the gameplay in general feels like a little bit slower because you're not moving across the screen as quickly. But like, also all of the pomp and circumstance and like the weird hub world that like just takes a little too long to deal yeah. with every time. Yeah. Especially because they have to load the the hub world. Yes, it's by like having Sonic an animation 06. of your character falling through stars, <laughs> and then you walk up to a door, and then there's an opening door animation, and then once that very long animation is done, you get to select your stage, and then it loads the stage with another animation of your character falling through the stars. It's very yeah. Sonic 06. -y. It it's. Well, I was gonna say it's like Sunshine, except instead of like uh, respawning. In front of level, you're at the main entrance of the hub world, so you have to walk all the way back. Yeah, yeah, it really highlights, I think, a thing that I mentioned with Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 subsequently. The issue that, like, hub worlds are not always a good thing. Like, in some yeah. games, they can feel very natural and just as engaging as any other aspect of play. But, like, in this case, it's very clear that the original Knights had the better system where you just picked a level and then got yeah. into it. I think if there was... and And it's... I think if there was, like, a system that was just, like, I cleared this stage, immediately move on to the next stage. I, and yeah. Until the final stage of the world. Yeah, like, Sonic Unleashed, like, for the, um, what do you call it, the standard definition consoles, where, like, you yeah. would play something, and then it would immediately be, like, are you ready for the next mission? And you could say yes, and then just go straight into it, or say no, and then hop back out to the hub. Yeah. That would be ideal. Especially because yeah. I feel like the hub is... A little interesting, but not not interesting enough to have to experience the front of it 200 times. Well, I feel like something they could have done to improve it is, like, I guess take kind of a Super Mario Galaxy approach, which I don't know if this was released before or after. It was, like, released about the same time. Maybe before. But anyway, just kind of, like, instead of just, like, putting the entrances to the levels, like, in a circle... Maybe, like, stretch them out so it encourages more exploration. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be fanciful, like, Sunshine or 64, but, like... That would only be acceptable to me if they made sure that when you finished a level, you spawned by the hub. Yeah. Or not no, by I the hub, but, like, completely. by the game. Yeah. What's what's really interesting to me is the atmosphere of the hub is A+. It's, like, yeah. the best aspect of the game, I'd say. It's because especially it contrasts so well with the atmosphere of the other environments, which are very, like, high energy, like, colorful, wacky. And this is, like, very subdued. It's nighttime. You're chill. You're in the middle of a dream. So, obviously, you're asleep. So, you're very relaxed, you know? Yeah. And the music is choice. Absolutely. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, the intro to this game called Atelier Aisha. Just, like, the very soft vocals that are just kind of maybe not saying a whole lot, but just kind of just very soothing noises. Dude, mm. what if we just like threw the whole podcast in the garbage and made it into Tell Your Podcast <laughs> and just confused the hell out of us? <laughs> Man, 
Man, I'm not ready for that because like I haven't touched Aisha. You know, I'm gonna tell like uh, this. This is we're gonna move on to the next subject after this. So if, but what? Uh, I wanted to talk about the collectible. Well, that's All the right. next subject. But Charlie okay. has an anecdote, I think. So, one time, me and Steven were at a GameStop, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, Charlie, you should totally get this game. It's pretty fun." And it was Atelier, uh, uh, Logi and esque. Yeah, the one with the twins, I think. Yeah, and so I got the game, and then when I got home, I opened it, and it was Atelier Aisha, and I'm just like, this is the wrong game. <laughs> like, I actually didn't even acknowledge it until, like, I got, like, an hour into the game when I realized there was not a second main character. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not even going to try to return this. I'm just going to go with it. So now someone's probably got a copy of Atelier Aisha, or a copy of Logian esque that just has Atelier... Aisha box. Yeah. They got juped just like I did. And I had played uh, Meru before this, so that's why I suggested. Because from what I can tell, the whole series is pretty neat, but like half of them are Japanese only, unfortunately. Yeah. Anywho. So let's talk about the collectibles. <laughs> oh my, your natural transitions get me every time. <laughs> Just like the music fades up a little bit, and it's like, da -na -na, na -na -na. Oh, so what do you guys think about the collectibles? <laughs> so I want to. <laughs> what do you think about the collectibles? <laughs> I had to take it again because you acknowledged that it's a transition. Well, I'm keeping this in. Oh. <laughs> do you want to dual wise with the collectibles? Can you do a bit where it's the it's the hub world music like fading away and then after like half a second of silence it's so let's talk about the collectibles. <laughs> oh boy. So when I say collectibles, what I really mean is collectible. Like one little wet boy. There's what are they called? Dream drops? Distance? Distance. They're called Oh my moon drops. There's something drops. They Kingdom drop farts, my dude. Yeah, they're just a thing that you can collect, and then it makes a sound effect, but otherwise does not acknowledge at all that you've collected it. Like, it doesn't even, like, it doesn't appear on the HUD as, like, thing collected. The thing you yeah, touch Yeah, there's not just, a count. It just disappears, and a sound effect plays, and it will never be there ever again. Uh, and I don't know how many there are, or what they do... But oh. I will say that the fountain in the hub has a number on it that is how many of them you've collected. And that's it. I've got a fun note for this. Yeah. If you go into Will or Girl's Dream... I forgot her name. <laughs> Helen. Yeah, if you go into their dream journals, you can actually look at, like, a chart that tells you exactly how many dream drop distances there are in the hub world and each of the levels. And that's... it will tell you how many you've collected as well. That's really useful. But uh, they I would still probably seem... have used that if I knew. But here's the <laughs> thing about that is that in order to use that, you would need to exit the game, go through a loading screen, open the journal, make a <laughs> note of that shit, and then go back into the game, experience a loading screen, and then pick a world and experience another loading screen. Yeah, you have to go into like the virtual dream journal and then take down some information in your real-ass journal <laughs> in That's real life. a UX nightmare in a game about dreams. They, 
The instruction manual just says that if you get 60, something will happen. What the hell? That's such them. a weird, specific thing to put in the instruction manual. If you get 60, your dad will love you again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's relevant because Will's dad doesn't love him anymore. Either get... That's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you either have to get 60 dream drops or be really good at mini golf. <laughs> And basically, that's that's the whole thing about collectibles, is there's one collectible, and it's the game doesn't tell you anything about it other than there's a number about it, and I guess they're in the journal. Another note of about the collectibles is that you can only get them as the kid, right? Uh, Which, whichever one that you are. No, I think, I think there's one I got as knights. Okay, well, every single one that I got, I got as kid. No, no, no. I know for sure there's there that you can get them as knights because there is one that you can only get if you go through the tutorial bit again, but this time you can transform into a dolphin and go into the water. There's a collectible in the water that you can only get as knights because the kid can't swim. Okay, well in that case, many of them you can only get as the kid because they are literally not on the paths that knights can fly on. Yeah. So... You know, obviously there are some that you get as knights, but many of them necessitate playing as the kid, which is not the funnest part of the game. I like collectibles, but I don't like this collectible system because there's absolutely no feedback whatsoever. And they're meaningless. They're completely meaningless. Like there's nothing, there's no, there's no reason to collect them. It's not like every X something happens or like, there's a there's some kind of like extra thing it gives you mm -hmm. like it, it doesn't tie into any systems or anything like that yeah and like knowing that getting 60 gets me something is a hilarious and <laughs> b encouraging but the game never tells you that that's just in the manual and at this yeah. point i think we've learned that the manual is not the place that you put like very important gameplay related information <laughs> well i think al also tells you like a similar thing Oh, to be fair. but like it, Owl doesn't tell you shit, and like <laughs> no, he does. If you, whenever you get something and you talk to Owl, he'll tell you something. I mean, he's more vague than the manual is, but still. I mean, he said that like get many of these, and perhaps something good will happen. But like as far as I know, there are plenty of games where they have a collectible, and you don't get jack shit until you've collected every single one. So that's what I thought was gonna have to happen. Yeah, it reminds me of the silver medals in Sonic 06, which actually I don't even know what they do still. Except maybe give you a gold medal. There probably are only 60 of them. Like, that was my first assumption when you said get 60 and something will happen. Ah, um, wait. Between both kids, though? I So, the in the overworld, there's overlap. What That's a fun hell? thing to say. In the overworld, there's overlap. In the in the hub world, there's That's overlap. really weird. Well, because, like, I, I am sure that's true because... I collected a bunch in Will's hub world that there weren't, like, there weren't any in other places or those same places as Helen. And then also, there's one that you can collect as knights by being a dolphin Which that you can there's only do no way Helen. they would just put two of so that you have to go through the tutorial four times. That's insane. Um, of course, it's insane that you have to go through it twice, so I guess it's already, like, in that realm. Yeah, it's also insane that... Did you know that if you do the, like... Okay, so I don't know exactly how best to describe this, but I beat the first level, and then you know how directly after the first level, it's, like, heavily implied that you have to go into the My Dream? Like, yeah. I don't know if you actually have to, but it's, like, really encouraged. Yeah. 
So you go into the My Dream, and then when you come out, there's another cutscene, right? Yeah. Okay. If you quit out of My Dream, instead of walking all the way back to the exit, they make you play not only the cutscene that happens after you walk out of the, the um, My Dream, but also the one that happens right before it. And they act as if you had never seen that cutscene before. <laughs> yeah, I did experience a lot of like, oh, well, if you if you just quit at the wrong time, you'll actually, you know what? Because I experienced this as Helen, where you walk into my dreams and then out and then it plays a cutscene. Here's the thing. I quit from the hub world and still had to re-experience those cutscenes. I hate it. Like, <laughs> I think you can skip the cutscenes. You can after you've seen them. Yeah. But not the first time, which is horrible because when you're playing as Helen, which is definitely the second character you're going to play as, um, you get the exact same exposition and the exact same cutscenes as Helen as you did as Will for the first 15 minutes of gameplay. <laughs> and they are not skippable. And they're not good. And they're, they're very not good. I could watch the first cutscene of Shadow the Hedgehog five times. Easily. Oh, man. <laughs> the thing that gets me about it is that... Because I, I feel like the first game had a major issue of being like, yeah, I have no idea what the hell is happening. Uh, both in gameplay and narrative. Yeah. And I feel like this game really, really wants to prevent that issue. But so like, they're like, we're going to explain every single game mechanic... We're going to pause the game so that you have to read it. You can't skip through the dialogue. We're going to give you unskippable cutscenes explaining the lore of Idia and Nightmarin and Nightopians and, like, the the dream world that is not the same thing as Nightopia. And we're going to explain all of that very slowly twice. It's literally the opposite of the first game. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. It's like I was complaining about that, but then I read about it and got into it. But, like, I guess at this point, people. Like, it's like what I said when in the first one. This was at a. That was, it came out at a time where, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff to do in a game to tell you what to do. So instead, they put it in the manual. But now it's like you have to have a tutorial in, like, 2007. So <laughs> here's a tutorial. The thing that gets me the most is when Knights is like, dualize with me. Sorry, let me say that again. When Knights is like, dualize with me. <laughs> and you're like, and the character's like, what, is, what the hell does that mean? And Knights <laughs> is like, well, you see, there's a complicated process in which our neurons, uh, like, integrate with one another. And our, our networks, like, there's, there's a chemical reaction. And I'm like, shut up and just put... Just put, put me put, in you. <laughs> put me in you so I can fly. I don't give a shit. I already know it's a dream, and it doesn't have to make actual sense. It doesn't have to be consistent. The word dualize made me so angry that I had to stop playing and go do chores. <laughs> I was so mad like, that something in the first game that was like so innate that you didn't even question it in the face of everything else now needs a term and an explanation. Like in the first game, you're playing as a kid, and then you get to the to the to the dream gazebo, <laughs> and you're like, "Hey, knights, come here!" And then the two of you share a body, and you fly, and it's cool. And in this game, they're like, "No, no, no! See, it's called dualizing, and that's when uh, a, a a visitor, which is what we call a person from the waking world, <laughs> and and knights, 
make a pact with each other. They put their hands together <laughs> and their their minds and bodies combine. And with their combined who I don't Pay attention, this will be on the test. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna like that's exactly right. It and felt I'm... less like okay, so the first game really felt like a dream for better or worse, like it nailed it. Yeah. This yeah. game feels like a college lecture. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the class clown is knights, and they're, like, trying to make it fun, and the owl refuses to have any of this shit. The, the, okay, yeah, <laughs> the, the owl, owl is, is really the problem. The owl is actually the problem. Remove it's the just owl Gabor, Gabora, Gabora, but worse. Yeah, like, less cool, more lip movement for a thing that has a beak. Visitor. Visitor. Hey, you like Jet the Hawk. <laughs> yeah, but Jet the Hawk, <laughs> Jet the Hawk's mouth is, like, mostly up and down. That's yeah. true. This guy's, this guy's, like, beak has like a left part and a right part that sometimes move independently of each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he looks like the dog from The Thing where it's like face opens up into four jaws. Okay, real quick. What if Jet the Hawk had like a, a Sonic style math mouth where it's just at the side? There's just a beak <laughs> on the it's side. It's a side beak? <laughs> oh, no. In some games, there's like just one on both, but you only see one in frame. Awful. See, my my idea of that is the beak is in the center, but Your only idea. idea. <laughs> Just kill both of us. <laughs> Assassinate both of us in our sleep. Uh, I think you mean in the dreamscape. <laughs> no, Isaiah, you're thinking of Nitopia. Oh, oh, my bad. You know, the dream within the dream. <laughs> I hate the bit where Mr. Owl is like... Well, Mr. Owl. You see, it's not quite accurate to say this place doesn't exist. It is like a, a subconscious realm. He, he has to explain the concept of being real. Well, the thing is, he says that this world is real and you just don't remember it because your mind isn't strong enough to handle it when you come here. Like, it's a, it's a yeah. separate dimension. And that's kind of see, terrifying to if, me. If he said that, I would be into it. He, well, he does. He just, like, makes it too wordy and dumb. Because he says, like, this place is as real as your world, and, like, what you understand as a dream is actually you visiting here and being unable to properly remember it. But, the, like, if you have the idea, you're able to, like, fully, like, interface with our universe, and, like, you don't have to leave until you're ready. I feel like the lore of Knights is interesting, but is presented in the least interesting way possible. You mean, like, all at once and before you've been able to play the game? Yes. Like, you you have to study for a history lesson in order to play the game, and then none of that's on the test. <laughs> yeah, because the test is just how good you can swoop to whoop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Wait. Other, oh. The other thing is, <laughs> so the, the characters, the, the, the children characters. Yeah, uh, Will, Will and, and Helen. Will, Will and in Hell. Will and in Hell. So they, they have, like... This game is doing a lot more with, like, yeah, this environment is based on their specific sort of character problem that they're going with. Um, Which is still sports for Will, right? Sorry, what was that? It's still sports for Will, because he's, like, playing soccer at the beginning and some kids, like, roast him and then transform into Heartless and chase him into the Dream Realm. Uh, no. So, what happens is... Uh, well, that does happen, right? He's playing sports with his dad. Well, but yeah, he's playing sports with his dad. But then after that, like he has like a moment where like six kids are around him in a circle, and then they all smile and like point at him and laugh. Yeah, they're they're laughing they're... at him because he got his parents divorced. <laughs> well, yeah, but like it's it's all about sports. <laughs> there's a there's a cool bit in his dream sequence that I actually just really like, 
where uh, we see his dad get into a car and then the camera focuses on him and we hear the sound of a car like like starting up and we start to hear it drive away but instead of the driving away sound effect we hear the sound of a plane taking off and when the camera rotates back instead of a car it's a plane and his dad is flying away and I just think that's neat I remember these things and I guess like I'm just really bad at like anything beyond the narrative literally telling you what it's about because I still just thought that it was somehow about sports. The, so the thing is, is that I feel like the narrative is, is I think it's so much worse because there's dialogue because it has the same like really on the nose imagery, but then it just goes out of its way to explain that. So it's impossible for there to be subtext. Well that like, and, and like the narrative seems more complex than it was last time. There's, there's a bit where like the kid is like, yeah, this this uh, desert just seems so empty. It feels like it's so like barren and lonely. And Knights is like, well, you know, it's it's just like a physical manifestation of, of your own heart. And Will is like, does that mean I'm lonely? And I'm like, Am dog, you're literally sad. Your parent, your dad left. Am like, I you're, sad? You're you're going through shit, and this is a surprise to you that maybe your dreams would reflect that. I mean, he is like 12 and wearing a trash bag jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Steven, did you even boot up Helen's story? No, fuck no. <laughs> Basically, uh, she plays the violin with her mom, but she's really scared of expectations other people have of her. That, that's like the, the these kids like really are the same kids from last time, but just like. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, instead of basketball, it's soccer. Instead of singing, it's violin. It's, well, no, sorry, uh, football. Uh, football. Oh, yes, of course. It's, it's the same kids from last time, but now they're British. <laughs> yeah, and like more complicated. It is. It is more complicated, but because it's so spelled out for you, it feels simpler. Well, yeah, it's less esoteric, but more complicated. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think esoteric is the right word. I I want to get invested in the narrative, but number one, there's just so so much dialogue that gets in the way, and number two, it's like the dialogue that's there is very poorly paced. I, I can't stop quietly chuckling to myself every time I think of Knights saying dualize with me. <laughs> dualize with me. It's just, it's just so fucking dumb. Visitor. <laughs> Dualizing is when you combine on the molecular level. Go over and touch Knights. You'll see what I mean. Oh my god, the line where he says go over and touch Knights and Knights is like floating expectantly. He says uh, it He says it to both characters. A little uncomfortable. Knights is just like, touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Dualize with me. Also, uh, we, we gotta talk about it, okay? Uh-huh. They keep like giving knights masculine pronouns yeah it's sickening it's it's definitely like a localization problem for sure but yeah, it is like, like i think we mentioned this last time but in japanese there aren't really gender pronouns the most that you get is like the honorifics that are typically based on gender but even then it's it's not always the case there's a bit though where riala like condescendingly calls knights a good boy and i'm like dog you know better <laughs> Like the kids. Also, in contrast to Knights, uh, Riala has a distinctly masculine voice. Yeah. Well, maybe not distinctly, but. Uh, no, I definitely felt like his, well, their voice was like 
deeper and mm -hmm. like pronounced as an authority figure in like a masculine way if that yeah. makes any sense and like Knights' voice actor in this is like clearly a woman but they do this weird like double voice thing to try and make them sound like they've been possessed even when they don't have like a child dualized with them yeah and like they also like gave Knights these eyelashes that are very defined and like clearly hair because in the previous game there were like these little like dark solid swoops above their eyes that like represented eyelashes but even in official artwork they're like very abstract and I think they fit the like general design of knights which is like very like curve based and like solid colors and I like that but in this case their eyes just look like anime fish eyes almost like they're way too detailed and they like move around in the face in a way that just terrifies me and also knights having a mouth weirds me out because they didn't really have a mouth last time right they well they except did except in like promotional art well they do like the face stretch thing but like when they close their mouth you don't see their lips right uh you you, you do i'm looking like at, a... i'm looking at the title screen of knights into dreams and they have a mouth okay i don't know but it just didn't small. seem yeah it didn't seem as pronounced as it did in this case their face in general like weirds me out i guess is what i'm getting at i i feel like knights's character design like got worse i agree 100 percent they're like all these weird little nitpicks that I have about it. Also, they like made their ass more shapely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. It's just strange. It feels. I think it also is like hurt by you know you mentioned that like the new camera angle is nice for like seeing more things. And Charlie and I talked about how it like makes us feel uncomfortable while turning. But like the new camera angle also makes you see knights like uh, like a little bit more in a way that I am not super big a fan of. And then also, all of the cutscenes make you look at knights way more than you ever did in the previous game. Oh, yeah. Like, you were seeing knights from all these angles, like, not spinning and swooping, not being, like, exciting, just being this, like, weird, like, floating entity of confusion. And doing a bunch of power stances. Yeah, like, they JoJo's a lot. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, it just feels weird. It feels like I'm being, like, asked to like look at knights way more often and determine how I actually feel about their design instead of in the previous game where they were this, this like quickly moving figure that you never had to think too much about and you always knew looked cool because they were like very very purple you know what and beyond so, that you didn't need to be too worried about it I also got to complain a little bit about the plot as well in regards to knights because in the first game it was very much like you're you're a kid who is struggling in a, in a specific way that also just happens to mirror the subconscious realm. Uh, and Knights helps you out in the subconscious realm uh, and gives you the confidence required to, like, empower yourself and help yourself, which is very neat, right? Yeah. Like, it's it, almost as if the stuff in the dream world didn't need to have necessarily happened for the kid. Yeah. It might as well have just been a dream. Which I am a fan of, right? Yeah, agreed. In this game, you are constantly saving Knights. Which yeah. is very strange to me. They have this, yeah. like, real big sense of, like, damsel in distress. And, like, especially, like, the narrative focus on the kid collecting the idiot uh, makes it feel like the kid, like, they're, they're putting pressure on the kid to, like, do things to save Nitopia. Whereas in the original game, Nitopia existed, essentially, in order to facilitate their character development. It was yeah. almost almost explicit about it in fact because like, it's a dream it's like they're taking away their agency yeah. yeah and then like putting more like taking away agency while putting on more pressure in a way that doesn't feel good yeah 
And it also makes knights feel less like this wonderful, like, ambitious being of, like, pure freedom and more of, like, a dumb, like, fairy that gets trapped too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're a burden to you as much as they are, like, an asset. <laughs> and I, I like the way this game wants to explore, uh, like, representing the emotional state of... Uh, or representing the insecurities of a person through like physical locations in the world but then instead of the characters reflecting on that they just like get distracted by knights turning into a roller coaster <laughs> and like there's so many missions that are like we have to save the nightopians like dogs the nightopians only exist because i'm asleep <laughs> Again, I don't think I. I'm pretty sure that the way Owl describes it, that's not the case, in this instance. Like, but that's... he also he also does say the idea create Nightopia. Like the paradise was created by them going to sleep. Yeah, but like everybody has idea, so it's not. And I don't know. It, it's super weird. I get. Yeah, I guess the Nightopians exist only because of you, but the Nightmarins don't. Yeah. Even though they inhabit the same spaces. It's very strange. It's like you birth the Nitopians with your mind's eye just so they can be terrorized by things that were already there. <laughs> you're, you, you, you're like creating somebody specifically to condemn them to suffering. Charlie, do you want to talk about lore shit? Because I did originally have you written down on the docket as talking about lore shit, but then I just kind of took over. I mean, the inclusion of Al is already just kind of a, a lore recon in itself. Yeah. Like, it all seems the same. Like, it seems like they're expanding on stuff the manual talked about and maybe some stuff like the comics did where, like, Knights is, like, a former Nightmarin. Yeah. But that, which is mostly just implied in the game. Yeah. Or at, in the, um... The original. Manual, rather. I just... I mean, it's the same, but, like, I think the fact they shove it in your face more is just kind of, eh. Yeah. And, like, they just... It, by the looks of it, they only keep Riala, which is interesting. I guess the other Nightmarins weren't as interesting, although I think well, they've got, at they, the very least Jackal and Puff and Puffy were. They keep Wiseman as well. Well, yeah, Wiseman's Wiseman's not going anywhere, but he's, you know, just another sinister villain with a deep voice with stuff and blah, they, blah. they do do a bit where Will is like, don't you have a father, Knights? And Knights is like, I mean, I guess technically. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, all right, this is good. I would like to note that the Nightmarins, like, the big bad boys are not here, but, like, the little Nightmarins, like, the Ram, is from the original game. So, like, they, true, yeah. they kept, like, the Goombas around. Yeah. I don't, actually, because they were only in the first level, I kind of just forgot they were there at all. Yeah, I... Because you see those seahorse enemies so often. Right. That they're, like, the actual Goombas at this point. The bubble-blowing boys? Yeah. So, does that just leave the my dream? The my dream? The my dream. So, like, I have an idea for, like, a subsystem. Yeah, an idea? Yeah, so, so what if we had all the innovations that we learned from making the Chow Garden? What if we, we didn't use any of that? <laughs> this system... Seems literally just to be, like, they took the weird shit you can do in the first game and, like, sucked it 
out, put it in a vacuum, and slapped it in a literal box with no time limit. Well, and it's it's interesting because, like, the Chow Garden is kind of that, but it, like, no. integrates with the systems way better. No, it integrates with the systems at all. That's true, yeah. Like, I can't even... Because they say, like, the Nitopians that you save go into my dream. Uh, well, but specifically I don't the Nitopians how... that you paraloop. Like, I think you they even mentioned you have to paraloop them. I... I thought so too, but they made a sound effect that made it seem like they were not happy to be paralooped. Exactly. And then when they when they go into my dream, they are running away from me in fear and crying. And, and also in the first game, if you paraloop a Nitopian, they die. Yeah, like it's they don't. I don't know if they ever use the word save, but they definitely tell you explicitly that you have to paraloop Nitopians to send them to my dream, and it like really feels like you're terrorizing them. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing is, like, Nitopians in the first game generally have a more positive attitude. I mean, it's neutral, but it's it's less. It's more positive than negative. Yeah. And this one, like, it's already negative. Like, I don't know what I should be doing. Should be doing, and like, Chow are pretty. When you you know hatch them out of the egg, they're pretty neutral. I mean, especially if they're a baby. Yeah. They're just kind of there having a good time. But like, you you know when you're abusing them like they'll be upset for like pretty good reason like if you throw them punch them uh wake them up yeah well and they have like balls over their head that explicitly tell you their emotions and yeah. like most of the ways that you can interact with them are positive mm -hmm. in my dream when you hatch an egg and an utopian comes out they immediately run away from you in fear <laughs> they like, by default don't like you if you throw the egg, according to Owl, they'll not like you, Can you which is different from how do you throw Chow, the egg? If you throw, imagine it's probably jump and then the let go button. I, yeah, I never like understood even how to begin to interact. I knew I could pick them up if I like mashed like the B button. I here's, guess no. Here's how you pick them up: you have to walk into them and then continue trying to walk into them during the pickup animation. Okay, yeah, it felt like fishing almost. It's it's very strange and not very intuitive. Uh, but at least that's like the first game. Is it the B button or the well, X button that you use to pick them up? Uh, you don't press any button. Uh, yeah, you just walk into them. Oh, I was always pressing a button. Unnecessary. I know, it really feels like it does because it's like... It, it's kind of natural, but like it's really it's 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 the same thing with like opening chests when you're playing as the kid by themselves. That's so yeah. fucking dumb. It's it's very strange, and it's also kind of how you hatched games in the original game too. Which how you wait? Did you say how you hatched games? What? You said uh, you said how you hatched oh eggs. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to know how to get them to like you? Well, there's that's the only way you can interact with them. <laughs> yeah, you just throw yeah. 15 blue chips at them. And as far as we know, there's no way to, like, make them breed with the Nightmarens. Well, I mean, I'm sure you can do that in the, like, level, but it seems like you can't do that when you actually move them to my dream. Yeah, I, I tried to get it to happen, and all that happened is that they got hurt and got sad. But you can pull eggs into the my dream, so I have a suspicion that if you pull an egg into the my dream and then put it next to a dead animal... They'll, like, I don't know, consume the life force of that dead animal? I have no idea. Uh, what's what's interesting to me is the blue chips. Uh, you, you have as many as you collected in the last stage. 
So if you played a stage that wasn't a main stage, like if you played a non-first stage of a world, you're going to have like 12 blue chips. Well, you have all of them that you've collected throughout the session. Uh, is that true? Because I yeah. thought it was. I thought it reset after every stage. No, I think it or, only or resets. Or at the start of every stage. I think it only resets when you leave the dream, so to speak. That might be true. Because I had like a good hundred and something. I had, I had a point. couple hundred at one point, and then I played a stage, and then I didn't. Oh, you know what it was? I played a stage, uh, and I lost. Oh, okay. That I had never experienced. Uh, the the se uh, Will's second boss did me dirty. <laughs> the chameleon, we hate yeah. him. We do not like the chameleon. As another side yeah. note, you can pick up Nitopians apparently just by walking into them, which is confusing as all. But you can pick them up, and it'll tell you their name, and you can't choose to name them, which I actually kind of like. I liked that they were like weird, dumb names that I yeah. got to see. And you can put them in this little circle that's like at the front of your giant, dumb nightmare box. Sorry, dream box. And if you put them in that circle, they don't disintegrate over time. <laughs> Yeah, see, he said they they don't lose their energy, and I'm like, dog, what happens when an Itopian loses their energy? They just like <laughs> they just disappear. Like if you stop sleeping, they all die. <laughs> but like you can put some in a stasis chamber that like avoids their half life. <laughs> so you can save ones if you like them. Man. I guess. Okay, so the other thing about my dream, which we didn't really talk about, so it's just a big like square in the sky that's just grass it's yeah. the grass texture from the neutral chow garden in sonic adventure 2 like it's well, that, exactly the same the grass texture changes does it change because i haven't yeah. gotten to the point where it changes if you like suck in enough stuff it'll it'll change because you can like find different plants in your my dream and like you can you can end up putting different things in there and sometimes it'll be raining or like mm -hmm. storming i did get it to rain yeah. But the thing that gets me is that it's just a floating square and it's completely flat. And, like, uh, I've got it to populate a little bit with some things, which I think is neat. Yeah. But I just, I would like for it to be more visually interesting at the start. Or at the very least, like, designed in such a way that that gives it some terrain that changes like change the topology of it you know? I wish it were actually a terrarium because that's clearly what it is but yeah. the, like I think it would have actually been cool if they had like glass walls around it yeah because it would have like told me to fill it with stuff I guess also it's a big it's a huge square it would have just been better to be a circle so that it doesn't feel like everything is as far away as possible well it also should have just been smaller because there's no need for all that space you have yeah Especially since I mean, the kid I, moves so slowly. Like I get, I guess we'll see after a year of playing the game, like if it <laughs> no. really fills up a lot. But. No. Because <laughs> the thing that's like okay about the Chow Garden as a giant space that you move around in is that Sonic already moves pretty quick. Yeah. So like you can jump, you can homing attack, and bam, you are at the opposite end, like just that fast. Yeah. If the kid could do that, yeah. I'd be like fine with how big this this was. But the kid has one mobility option, and that's slowly walking forward. It does take a full 30 seconds, I, at least, to get from one end to the other. Assuming and, all you're doing is walking forward. And and if you're at the far end and you're like, all right, I'm done doing this mode, I'm going to do a regular piece of gameplay, you have to walk all the way back, enter a loading screen, find a stage, get through the opening door animation, select a stage, enter another loading screen. 
Alternatively, you could quit and risk watching a cutscene again. And also lose all your blue chips. Oh no, how will I ever feed the things that hate me? <laughs> On principle. So the other thing is you can connect, or you used to be able to connect to the internet and be like, hey, let me check out other people's my dream. Uh, and apparent, according to the owl, no two dreams are alike. Which I think is just his way of saying, like, yeah, it's procedurally, like, the, the stuff that gets that gets warped into it yeah. is just, like, they get warped in as a direct result of your play, and therefore your personal variance is what makes it unique. But also, it's still going to be a flat square. <laughs> it's also not that each person's my dream is different from the beginning. Yeah. Like, if you didn't put anything in there and you went to someone's my dream, your dreams are going to look the same other than maybe weather? Yeah. Also, there is a feature where you can connect the weather to the Wii weather channel. Oh. So that you can have, like, local weather. But, I mean, that's only cool when it's raining, really. Hmm. <laughs> also, because it was October, all of our Nitopians were wearing funny hats. That's true, yeah. They supposedly also hold lanterns at some point. It uh, is called Nitopian Garden. You... Did you mention that, um... The terrain changes depending on how many Nightopians or Nightmarins are in it? Uh, yeah, we mentioned that if you, like, you put more okay. stuff in there, things shift around. You can get like different trees to spawn. Yeah. Things like that. There's also like an emoji messaging system. An emoji messaging system? Yeah, like there's just some very basic emojis you can use to communicate with your friends, I guess, when you're okay. online. Oh, okay. During the online stuff. I thought you meant like the Nightopians would like tell me how they were feeling other than just by crying or like ooing and awing. No. I wish that would work. I also sometimes saw them, like, hold up an umbrella and float slowly to the ground, and I was like, that's neat. Does that one, like, always have an umbrella? And it put it away, and then it was just the same as the rest, and they were like ants. Yeah. See, I think they more consistently use that stuff in, like, into dreams because it's just more basic. I... The search for a good chow garden continues. Um, <laughs> you already the had The search it. for another good chow garden. And it wasn't in a Knights game. Into Dreams was fine because, like, it was just a passive thing in the environment. You could interact with more. But, like, in Journey of Dreams, you get, like, two different versions where you have, like, a, a more Chow Garden, but the original version in Knights. But the problem with, like, how they translated it from Into Dreams into this is that Isaiah, I believe you pointed this out earlier, where the stages want you to go in a more direct path and the stages are bigger so you're less likely to go on the ground to look at Nightopian, so you're just kind of just following the path and not bothering. Yeah. yeah. Versus the more closed-in space and explorative nature of Into Dreams that you just yeah. are more compelled to look at the child. Like, you'll... Or Nightopians. You'll never understand them, because there's not nearly enough time for that, but you will see them. Whereas, like, in Journey of Dreams, you're unlikely to ever even see them because your objective is so clear. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, like, they they split it up into a secondary section. So, like, now you get to see all of, like, the worst shortcomings of this, like, not actually fully featured system because you just go into a box and stare at it, like, in its blank, like, shame. <laughs> it's like you get to ignore all of, like, the neatest aspects of them where they were just, like, being weird and floating around in your dream space. And you have to acknowledge the worst aspects where there's not actually anything to do with them besides throw rocks at them until they smile. What's what's incredible to me about this video game is that just like the first game, 
it is a confounding mess and I can't understand why they made the decisions they made, but for exactly the opposite reasons. Yeah. Like in totally different ways. It's like it's like the sobering reality of the mundane nature of real life. <laughs> also, there's a there's a fun little little bonus section at the end of our our little docket here. Isaiah, do you want to do you want to mention that? Uh yeah, so Stephen requested that at the end of our docket I put in a p-pn. <laughs> so this was <laughs> he won't tell me what it means, or he didn't tell me what it meant. So this is like a little code for me, because I just wanted to mention that like every once in a while I got these little like twinges in the back of my mind that Knights reminded me of Peter Pan in this game. <laughs> oh, that's what that was about. Like a lot. Like yeah. didn't I bring that up? I, I I you may have mentioned it at some point, but like I also just got the vibe that when Knights was like dualize with me, it was just like Peter Pan. Like asking girl, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, Wendy to fly with him, and also Peter Pan in like a lot of depictions was like a female character portraying or a female actor portraying like the male character. That's right. Yeah. So that like androgyny also kind of like carries over thematically. Also, they both do power stances all the time. Yeah, and they're both sent <laughs> around flying, and like they apparently are both like relevant to London. <laughs> They're both very childish. Yeah, they both appear like around towers, in in a mysterious way. Yeah, I could see I could see knights brandishing a dagger if they so chose. Oh, totally. Yeah, knights is not afraid to cut a bitch. <laughs> it, <laughs> so I remember I was doing a, a Google image search on um, knights because that's what I've been doing while waiting for us to record, and. I found this picture where it's like knights kind of being around an older uh, Elliot and Claris from the first game. Yeah. And like that kind of reminded me of knights, I guess, kind of like knights doesn't age the way Peter Pan doesn't age. And maybe they do this. I don't know. I'm going to keep playing to find out, but it'd be really cool. Like towards the end, if you see like Claris and um, Elliot all grown up. Yeah. But that, again, so we mentioned this, like, on our own time when we were talking about the game, but to me that would feel weird because there are some, like, logical rule changes in this game to, like, the dream world itself. So it would seem strange if, in the original game, the dream world was sort of this entirely separate entity that, like, Clariot and Elian or whatever they Well, were. I mostly meant, like, in the real world. I wouldn't come back to the dream world, like, just, like, as a little cameo, like, in well, Elliot. Uh, but... Uh, or, Helen Will's, like, ending cutscene or something. But what I mean is, if you see them at all, that implies these worlds are, like, the same. And that would just seem super strange to me because of, like, the fundamental differences between, like, I don't know if the word physics is correct, but just, like, the way these worlds work. The logistics. Yeah, they, they are different in ways that would be irksome to me if they implied that this was not, in fact, a reboot. It would be like if you were playing Sonic 06 and then, like, I don't know, like, like chaos showed up. I would be like, well, hold it. <laughs> that means that, like, some shit that happened in Sonic Adventure has to be real. Yeah, but, okay, Blaze is in the game, but I guess because it explained that she's from the future and not an alternate dimension, that's fine. I'm well, still also, mad fun, about fun that. fact, like, that makes me angry. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if it's become clear. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it'd be cool. I think it'd be fine. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of with Charlie here because I feel like 
at the very least in the first game, consistency in the lore was not important enough to, to be a deal breaker. Well, uh, yeah, but this game makes such like an abundant... It, it places so much weight on the lore that if there was like any gap in it, it would be infuriating because they spent so much time explaining it to you. Yeah. And like, I don't mind cameos, I guess. Like, it's just, it, it would seem weird to me if you if you tried to like imply that this game is directly connected to the previous one because it's so clearly a reboot. Because there's like no, there's no continuity otherwise, you know? What if there was a third Knights game uh, that was also a reboot uh, and just completely changed the lore? I mean, Sonic does that like every five years. That's true. And I will add, it does infuriate me. That's <laughs> extremely fair. Um, I, I had like another thought on this, but I completely lost it. Something about Peter Pan. Well, no, not the Peter Pan thing. It was it was related to like the concepts of continuity and like reboots, basically. But I don't know if I remember it, I'll, I'll mention it. But yeah, I guess we can just wrap up. So thumbs up, thumbs down. Night's Journey of Dreams. Real quick, fun fact: the name Wendy did not exist before the film Peter Pan. Son of a gun. Are you? I mean, I'm honestly not that surprised. Do you mean like that exact spelling? Because I feel like nobody it's... nobody was named Wendy until that film was made. Do you know how many people were born before that film was made? <laughs> okay, I can't say with authority that no person in the history of humankind was, was named, named Wendy. <laughs> was anyone named before Peter Pan the film was released? Well, no, I mean... At, at the time that Peter Pan was made, there had not been, to the knowledge of the filmmakers, anybody ever named Wendy. And in, like the book or just existence? The or I guess uh, fil- the book invented the name, but the film made people name their kids Wendy. Huh. I did not know that. I find that, like, so I find it possible that it made the name popular, but, like, just logistically speaking, I don't know. I guess names work in different ways in different cultures, but I just feel like the probability of someone being named, like, Wendy or Woundy or, like, Vendy or something, like, close enough. I guess enough. I should say Wendy as an English name. Like as, as like an a, English name, yeah, was invented by the book Peter Pan, and then became names that people named their children. Like that as spelling a of the film. was popularized, <laughs> yeah. Because like a bunch of English names aren't even from the language English, you know. Well, yeah, but the reason I'm not saying was popularized is because like there were no living people whose native languages were English named Wendy until that film came out. To the knowledge of the people making it, right? I mean, according to, like, consensuses and shit. Because, like, Wendy doesn't sound like a given name anyway. It sounds like a nickname. That's true. For, like, I, I could see someone being named, like, Gwendolyn being nicknamed like, Wendy. Wendis? No, I just gave you a real example, <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> Uh, like, Gwendolyn being shortened to Wendy makes complete sense to me. I, I cannot think of another joke name other than Wendis. <laughs> I'm giving it a thumbs down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, too, give it a thumbs down. I'm going to give it a thumbs up? Are you on crack? What the hell? Are you Are talking about? Alt- this is so weird. I So, here's the thing. All of the big changes to the game made it feel, like, more generic and less special. But, like in ways that made me like it more. I'm sorry. What did you like about Owl? Okay, not Owl, but here's the thing. I can push back. I can I can push past Owl 
because not I'm until after the first time you watch each of him talking. It's you literally can't push past it. It was actually brutal going through him a second time <laughs> under Helen's story, but like the the core gameplay is more enjoyable. Yeah, I think it's like a more designed experience. And like I vibe with that. It's just the game is like the game surrounding or not the game, but like the circumstances surrounding it are so unfucking acceptable that I can't <laughs> forgive it. That's fair. It like it became it became more generic and in a way that like and, and this was this was sort of what I was thinking might happen when I played the first Knights game. That like the reason I think hardcore Knights fans didn't like the second game is because it didn't do the things that made Knights special, but that's also the reason why it appealed more to me. Well, the thing is, I think that, like, design-wise, the levels are all better. Yeah. And I think that you'd be hard-pressed to disagree, except for maybe in the visuals department, because they aren't as wacky, because they didn't need to be to better portray dreams. Yeah. Because in the Saturn, they had to, like, kind of make the colors more sharp and stuff, because if they went any muddier, it would have just been difficult to tell what was going on. Mm -hmm. But with this game, they can be a little more subtle with their palette choices and stuff like that. But I think that, like, if it were just the levels, and they were formatted in the exact same way, people would love this game. But it's not. You have to, like, wade through a bunch of shit for no reason. Like, they treat it like it's a JRPG. <laughs> but they didn't write a good story, and they've only got, like, three and a half characters. I'm also, like, a little fascinated in the train wreck that is the cutscenes. Like, I'm, I'm a little fascinated by, like, trying to unpack that garbage. In the same way that I'm fascinated by the Nitopian system in the first game. But unlike the Nitopian system, I actually have access to the story of this game. Conversely... You are required to look at the story in this game when you are not required to interface with the Nitopians. That's, that is highly fair. I feel like the mystique of the Nitopians outlasts the mystique of the story, which wears off for me within the first five minutes. <laughs> the first time I heard the word dual eyes, I was done. Man, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you're wrong to be done there, because I was I was also like dog. But also like, what are they gonna say next? Sure. I don't blame you. I just, it just felt like you, Charlie, and I completely agreed on this game, and then you gave it a thumbs up, and, and that <laughs> was like whiplash for me. I thought the game was actually... Like, the game was fun. I don't think you're wrong. I think I think the, the core game was a lot more fun than the first game. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's just like, the first game was the core game, and nothing yes. else. The the second game is is very bloated. It, like, there's so much bullshit. It's, like, the opposite of what I like about, like, old shooting games. And I will say there's also more, like, capital C content. Like, the stages, some of them feel very filler, but just the fact that, like, there's more than six total stages in the game is a plus for me. Yeah, you cannot beat this in one sitting, I don't think. Yeah. At least not one comfortable sitting. I, do you guys have anything else you would like to say? Uh, dual eyes with me. <laughs> Uh, what do you think that your night Sona would look like? Oh I'm done. my! <laughs> <laughs> what funny hat would you have? What would your two colors be? Uh, good nights, everyone. You can <laughs> find us on Twitter, etc., etc. No, you can't just do that. So, you gotta find us at No Spin Dash Zone on Twitter, uh, Twitch.tv/NoSpinDashZone, NoSpinDashZone at gmail.com. Uh, uh, I'm I'm Isaiah Games Twitter I S I A H Games uh, Twitter. I am Twitter. Hear me roar. Hear me tweet. 
Charlie is horse. <laughs> Hear me, horse. What game are we playing next time? The Sonic Lost World. Sonic and the Lost Ark. We're back at it at Krispy Kreme, which also actually has like a, a bonus Knights level, I think. It does, yeah. And if you buy the Steam version, I believe you get it for free. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. There's something you don't get. You don't get the uh, Nintendo theme because isn't there like a Zelda level? Yeah, there's a Zelda. Yeah, there's thing. a Zelda and a Yoshi level. You don't get those on the PC version, but I believe you get the Knights. And like, I don't think you can even buy the. Uh, oh God, what is it? The Zelda and Yoshi levels. Yeah, I believe. That, I mean, it would be very strange if Nintendo was just cool with that. <laughs> or, or strange is the wrong word. It would be very out of character for them. Yeah. It would make complete sense if they wanted money, but they don't. They're dumb. Yeah. Because, like, if it was about diluting the brand, never release another mobile game again. Yeah. No one ever do that. But then they made both Pokemon Masters and Magikarp Jump. No, that's what I'm saying. Magikarp. Well, okay, hold it. The Pokemon ones, I thought you were going to talk about the Mario Kart and the Dr. Mario. The Pokemon (laughs) ones make sense because Pokemon Company is separate from Nintendo, basically. That's true. No, you're right about that. But, like, the Mario, th- like, if they don't want to dilute their brand, then putting Mario on mobile platforms makes less sense than, like, putting the Nintendo DLC on the PC should, release of Sonic. We Sorry. should end the podcast, by the way. <laughs> good uh, by. Good night. Good. You guys. Good night. Bok by Sonic. You later. Oh, my God. <laughs> A little tongue now. Stop the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>